Life from the Well is sponsored by Scratch Distillery. Located in Edmonds, Washington, Scratch Distillery crafts delicious spirits from scratch. Every batch is made by hand from local non-GMO organic grains. Head on over to Edmonds and taste the natural, delicious flavors for yourself. If you have an itch for a cocktail, go scratch it. Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the ice full. This episode from Life from the Well is served handcrafted by Barfly Mixology Gear, a line of essential tools for mixologists. Okay, and joining us today is Elena Legato, a cross-country service industry professional. How many different states have you worked in, Elena? Uh, I guess only four now. Yeah, four. But it's like the four corners of the country? No, not, no nothing in California. Nothing in California. Oh. But yes, three corners, three out of the four. I'm working on it. You got a goal. You got to get to California next. <laughs> Anyways, here we are. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today, Elena. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's jump right into actually here let's do our um do you want to do a little a little toast here early on oh yeah okay cool cheers so this is our thc episode we're not drinking today we're we're uh we're puffing cheers cheers wait for my second vibrate on this guy to to go ah that's the way to start my day this is basically just a a vape pen without having to buy the cartridges. I just go buy a little, a little glass oil. Cartridges of oil, and then you just refill this guy. It's pretty sweet. Oh, it's like the it's a Pax, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's the Pax Three because it'll do. It has an adapter to do oil, or it'll do the dry herb also, which is pretty sweet. Oh, sweet! Shout out to Pax. I know they're not a sponsor. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. But, uh, well, that's fun because you actually said that you, you spent some time working in pot shops for a little bit, right? I did. I loved it. It was great. I never ran home so fast to do homework in my whole life. <laughs> that's right. Great. I remember, I remember when you were, uh, when you were working there because I was working with, with, uh, Matt, your, your <laughs> partner and, uh, he would come to work and he'd be like, Oh, Lena brought him all these samples. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> I know it's great. They want us to know what we're selling, you know. So it's like you have to try this. Let them know what it tastes like, what it feels like. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like working in a bar, you know. There's, I think, in in every bar I've worked, I've, I've I've over the course of time, you know, you figure out what everything on the shelf is and tastes like, and you know what it mixes with, and so it's. They call us. They call us butt tenders, so we're not that far off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like two letters off, we get tipped as well. We know our we know our craft. And we're pushing you in the right direction for what you want. So, yeah. I love that. It's it's always good to have somebody who who knows what they're doing, especially when especially in an industry that's that's so new to a lot of people too, because there's so many people that just walk into the pot shop and even if you've had pot since you were, you know, in high school, you don't really yeah. understand kind of what the strength you always just got whatever, you know, you got. Yeah, it was like, Oh, he can make up any name and I'd be like, Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm on it. Thank you. And yeah. it's only one kind when you're a kid. You know, you don't have option variety. It's yeah, it was um, like pot. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't strains and different kinds well, and it took three hours to get by the way too you know what i mean it didn't it wasn't just like here you go have a nice one yeah it, we had to wait for hours for the soup. <laughs> yeah god it's so great i think I know. <laughs> we're close to nationwide i think it's coming it's coming soon hopefully oh, so soon so soon <sighs> i don't know I, I was still i was thinking that that was what trump was going to try to use for his re-election was a didn't he use it a little bit though just to get it I think he did a little bit I think he he brought it up at least um and I was all excited about Bernie but now because he was totally dropped again right yeah Bernie's out again so now we got Biden who isn't very consistent on it so we'll see we'll see I'll have to move back to Seattle real quick yeah yeah it's still legal here so I mean if they just go to states rights and you guys can just come back over here and, and oh yeah I'm ready I'll pick up. Open up a taco truck or something. Just drive around. The sounds, sounds amazing. I'll yeah. make the tiki mugs for a taco truck. Heck yeah. And then I think the bar, they've actually, um, they've loosened up on our uh, liquor laws here too, since this happened. Um, before, oh, before um, 
We What's the loose Well, like uh, restaurants couldn't sell like cocktails. <laughs> you know, you had to, if you went to a restaurant and bought alcohol, you had to basically consume it there, unless it was a bottle of wine that you could cork or oh. or a growler that you could cap off. But they're actually letting restaurants sell um, like cocktail kits. Cocktails. And kind of stuff. Yeah. Shut yeah. up! I mean, they're not made so they're kits. Well, and they actually haven't, they haven't allowed to go booze for restaurants. That's been one of the things. Like on, on That's what I thought you were at for a minute. I was going to say, oh shit, you guys are on it. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So that's, that hasn't been allowed up until, you know, a couple that's weeks crazy. ago. And so now, so that, that actually caused some of the restaurants that stayed open to do to-go food to hire back a couple bartenders. So they yeah. could have come in and start making drinks for, which was kind of Well, cool. people ordering that many drinks. It was like that. Well, yeah. People are. And I mean, you go in and make a kit. So you make like a, a margarita kit where, you, you know, it's basically like a pitcher of margarita and you're like, here's your lime juice, here's this, here's this, mix it all together. I, I don't, I'm not really 100% sure how they're doing it because I haven't done it. Yet. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. So like, it's not all put together. It's not like you go in and you're getting a pint like from the Chinese food place of liquor and the cocktail. Sure. I think if, if it just comes in like a plastic cup and you're like, here's your, here's your cocktail. I, 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 well, I, be, I haven't, I haven't honestly gone to buy, I have a bar full I have a full bar in my house, and so I haven't really thought about. Um, can you try? <laughs> can you cocktails try? from people. I should. Can you though. try we to order a cocktail? Yeah, we need to order a drink from one of our from one of the bars in the neighborhood just to see how it works. Uh, just right. to see, even if you do it on your next like podcast, just like make it fun and be like, "All right, we ordered it right in the beginning." Yeah. And uh, we're waiting for it to come. See what it is. <laughs> be great. I like that. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah we'll report back. Nice. Cool. So let's talk more about you, um, Alana. So service industry wise, kind of um, let's let's reel it all the way back to the beginning. Uh, what was your first job in, in the in restaurants? I was a, I was a hostess in Perkins. I don't know if you know what Perkins Family Restaurant is, Where but is? it's just it's kind of like it's, it was in uh, Staten Island and my sister worked there and I had just I had just got into like some kind of trouble in college. Like I was caught cheating on a final. You know, and I was nervous. I was in trouble or something like that. And my sister was like, well, don't worry about it. Come work with me. Like, like, it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Get your mind off. You have a job now. You know, like, don't stress it. Mm-hmm. And um, I host for like a couple months or whatever it was. And one day they just turned around to me. And they were like, we need a server. Do you want to serve? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And I never turned back. I was like, not. They, they wanted me to go back to host. And I was like, I can't. No, mm-hmm. not after. Not after making money. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you can't you can't taste a little bit of that and then and then just go back and then take it away. No, no, of course not. I was making nothing in comparison. But I mean, it, honestly, I was making I think it was breakfast shift, and it was like no more than five dollars a table, and it was blowing my mind already. Yeah, I think I, just the first time you make tips is always fun because I, I remember like making tips and it wasn't a lot, but it was more money than I it had was, when I walked in that day, and I was like, it was money and it was today. Yeah, yeah. that was the yeah. Now I have part. gas to get back here tomorrow. That's so cool. <laughs> that was. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Nice. That's awesome. So um, you started as a host and went straight to server. Have you held any other um, positions in, or you just kind of just love? Um, well, no, I, I, I've never bartended, so that would have been fun, but I've never, because I don't really drink, so it's not really fun for me to go behind the bar, I guess. But I have uh, recently became a manager of the uh, restaurant that I work in, and then I had to kind of back down because I wanted to keep my art gig. So, you know, it was for just a little bit, but I got the taste of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to work off my uncle's food truck, as well as um, when I was in Seattle there before I left, as I was trying to build up money to move here, I picked up a gig off of Craigslist to do, um, what would you call that, like festivals with this okay. guy who owned maybe like 50 different kind of trucks and booths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It could be anything from lemonade to like ice cream to burgers. And uh, I worked a few of his and it was usually like burgers and fries that I was cooking. So I've kind of, I've kind of been around all except for bartending. That's fun though. You get a little taste of everything that you're at least interested yeah, in. Not, I did not like the cooking side, but I, you do what you have to do. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why you keep Matt around too, right? You just let him cook and you can just. Yeah. No, I, if you're at home, I never cook. I bake. <laughs> you bake. Nice. Yeah, I'm a baker. I've been, uh, been wanting to get into baking this, this pandemic. I, a lot of my friends have been making bread and it all looks mm-hmm. really good. So I'm just like, maybe it's time to start a sourdough. Just try it, but you, I just, I say measure, make sure you measure. Yeah, that it's matters. not precise, right? Yeah, it's not about being like, oh, there's a little bit of this and a pinch of that mm-hmm. and throw this in there. A little yeah. more, it doesn't look right. No, 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 like measure it and be right about it. Yeah, I watch, I watch Nailed It. I see the, I see <laughs> how, 
<laughs> see how people mess things up by that like, hates that girl <laughs> she hates her that, that hates her for some reason because she's like so loud and obnoxious and i think i'm the only loud and obnoxious thing in his life so it's just too only room for one yeah <laughs> that's funny but i love that show Oh man, me too. I came home one night from work and my wife was, was a little bit stoned in the chair watching it, just giggling, giggling. <laughs> like, and I was like, what are you watching? And she, and she just like, it was just pure joy. And then I looked people at the TV <laughs> and, and then people were just messing up baking and she was like almost in tears. She was laughing. And I was like, I was like, it's right, great. They really are trying. Most of them are really trying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Are, I mean, this was like season people. one too. So it was like when people were, didn't even know what was, there was no expectation for anything. You were seeing the first mistakes and it was like, Oh my God. So. My show I like to watch <laughs> is uh, the, the British baking show. Oh, I love that one too. Yeah. That's my favorite. Ooh, I yeah, love all those desserts. Like so good. Ooh, make one of those. Make me like what they call a princess cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those ones are amazing because they actually make them look good on that show. Oh yes. Or you ever watch a, Zumbo's Just Desserts. The dude um, no, from Australia. I've seen the oh, I've seen the advertisement for it. If you if you need a, a new show to watch with your girl about sweets, do that one. Oh man, I mean, he looks like a big penis, but um, <laughs> it, all the desserts are really good. And they, oh god, it's that sounds awesome. I like, I yeah. like good inspiration too. And we live like there's a little grocery store near us that has a pretty good like bakery section where they have like little little pieces of like key lime pie or lemon awesome. ring pie and so you can just go get one slice and so we, we ended up watching the baking show too yeah <laughs> just because they you know, end up going down there and get like two hours now all i want to do is eat sweets <laughs> oh yeah well i'm always constantly making sweets or, or matt makes a lot of homemade recipes and stuff so there's always something sweet in the house nice cool so we went over the resume we talked about the first the favorite uh the job history kind of what got you to where you are today um so today, like we said, we're not doing um, a cocktail. This is our THC episode. Um, so what I wanted to do for the featured cocktail um, and the history on it was we we're going to do something that involves alcohol and, uh, and marijuana. It's the THC. It's the, the THC tincture. <laughs> and so the video I'm going to be doing on YouTube is showing you guys how to make a tincture with uh, THC. Basically, what this do, what this does is it it's a um, it concentrates your marijuana into a little bottle of alcohol um, that's infused with however much weed you put in it, and then you can use that baking. You can use it under your tongue. It's just a smaller dose instead of using like a lot of people will infuse um, like a fat like coconut oil or butter. I just wanted to know if it had to be a certain oil or if it could be anything. Um, a, a fat, fat is kind of what retains the THC. THC stores itself in fat cells in general. And so when you're, when you're, um, when you're infusing something, that's usually the best thing to use. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, uh, you can use coconut oil or butter. I like butter. Oil, butter. Yeah, There's yeah. different things you can use, but coconut oil has a higher cooking point, I think. And so it, it actually, um, is one of the better fats to use. It's a cleaner fat, um, oh. for infusion. Uh, okay. Good to know. Yeah, I like to get like the extra, the the, the, the the virgins, or you know, you can get some real good coconut oil, and then, and then you can oh, use that coconut oil with like a gluten free brownie mix, and you can make some vegan pot brownies. <laughs> nice. I don't know. It sounds kind of good. It, it you know, you, if you add more chocolate, then it always just tastes fine. It doesn't and that's one of the things I found when making brownies is just add more chocolate, and then you don't ever really notice. But, but you're so, talking about adding it to cocktails. Hmm. You're talking about adding it to cocktails. Yeah, so that would be the tincture. Um, so instead of making it in an oil form, we're going to make it in an alcohol form. Um, nice. And so it's kind of funny because tinctures were widely used um, by doctors, apothecaries in this country and the world, um, in the United States up until 1942, um, and when the pot prohibition, uh, cannabis prohibition went into uh, in that area. When these, when the the it was when the pharmaceutical companies started coming out with um, what is it the the water soluble um, like painkillers or the uh, just like the other prescription sleeping pills and that kind of stuff when when those drugs started getting or was, far, was when major ph pharmaceutical companies took over that right. so since then it's kind of been 
you know, they, they just kind of fell away and, and they've just been one of those things that you had to know a hippie to learn how to make it. And fortunately, nowadays, there are, you know, there's a hundred different recipes online here and there. And, so, and there's tons of hippies. So it's good. Tons of hippies and hippies found out how to use the internet. And so they're sharing <laughs> knowledge with all of us, which I love it. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, so we so we still have these cannabis tinctures, which were widely used for sleeping aids, painkillers, and all these other things that, you know, are, I, I feel like our bodies react better to than those, than those processed pharmaceutical drugs anyways. Oh uh, yeah. Natural stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And so now they're, they're slowly coming back. I feel like you can buy tinctures now in the, in the pot shops and that kind of stuff. But I think um, if, if you really making your own is always better. Yeah, totally. If you want to stretch your, your weed the farthest and you want to, you know, figure out just some better ways to get more bang for your buck, this is going to be one of those ways. And so here we go. <laughs> and so we'll do the video for that this weekend because I don't have my moonshine yet. But that what you really, what you, all you do, I should explain it here too, um, is uh, you, first you decarb your weed, which I don't know. You can what put it in the oven, right, for a little bit? What's well, it's the decarboxylization is what it's called. You decarboxylate your marijuana, and that's basically where you you cook it or you dry it um, for just to activate the the THC in it. Um, mm -hmm. Usually, what I like to do is I'll, I'll throw it on some foil on a cookie sheet in the oven for about forty. Yeah. Minutes at about that's madness too. At about yeah. one eighty, one between one eighty and two hundred. Just you want to yeah. you don't want to go above two hundred. There's like you want to go above two twenty, I think, because that's when it starts um, burning. To burn off. Yeah. Yeah, but if you if you just do a light toast on it, and then you put all that into a jar, and then you pour some minimum one hundred proof spirit. So you want to find some moonshine, something stronger, um, and you seal up that jar, and then you you leave it for about a month. Every day or so, you want to shake it up and agitate it so. Everything gets mixed in the inside, and then at the end of the month, you strain it out, and your alcohol's been infused with THC, and you've got a really potent little mixture that used to Interesting. be on bottle. <laughs> it has to be a hundred percent or more. Um, it's going to get best results. Yeah, you're gonna the, the higher the proof, um, the more it's going to kind of break things down. Um, now you wouldn't want to do this with um, this this stuff here. Like a rubbing alcohol of some um, sort. No, because you're going to consume it. You don't want to consume that. Yeah. yeah I just want to see. I just want to ask. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. But, um, I don't know. I guess that stuff is consumable. It's just gross. Yeah. I, I just say go to the liquor store and find um, find some moonshine or some Everclear. Um, oh, Everclear, yeah. Everclear is the, the perfect thing for it. You know, just that... Oh. That old, that old Georgia Moon white dog. I think my, uh, I think my neighbors downstairs were talking about making some kind of special cocktail, and they needed Everclear mm -hmm. for some reason. I can't, uh, I it's can't remember the name. Of it. It's really just a really, really strong knocky on your butt. <laughs> yeah, they said they make Jello shots out of that. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I had some friends that did that. You used to light the Jello shots on fire because they were made with Everclear. That's pretty cool. <laughs> a little like uh, that's fireballs. I don't recommend that to anyone, but it's kind of fun if you do. Um, we would do our tasting notes here, but we don't. We aren't, we could you could tell me how your weed tastes, I guess, if you want. Well, what kind of strain? What kind of strain are you smoking? This right now is the oil. Is that's a good? That's a good question. It's. Agent, I'm gonna let you know mine too. I'm looking it up right now. So it's a uh, sativa. It's Agent Orange. Ooh, Agent Orange. I will let you know right now. I have, an, I have an amazing uh, system out here. Let's see. What strain am I smoking today? Where is it? Oh, here it is. Uh, orange Sherbert Kush. So mm -hmm. it's a triple, uh, it's like a triple cross. Mm -hmm. Two different award-winning strains. That's cool. Sounds yummy. Yeah, it's delicious. It smells just like a Sherbert, you know what I mean? That gelato-y kind of drink. All right, so... Um... The next part of the show here, we're going to jump over into um, our personal experiences. Mm -hmm. like, um, just like um, just fun stuff that's happened over the years in restaurants that may be notable, funny stories that's happened, some weird shit, you know, that kind of stuff. The guy who gave me four quarters, that was a good one. 
I don't know. He just gave me four. He gave me four quarters, and it was like my first couple tables, and so I was so insulted. I didn't know that you couldn't like say to tables how you felt. Yeah. You know, like I don't like this tip kind of shit. So I was just like, here, you obviously need this more than I do. Like, no thanks. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were the same guys who we had to. They refused to leave, so we had to lock them in the restaurant. So it was also like a crazy kind of scary experience as well. They refused to leave, so you had to lock them in the restaurant. We had to lock them in so that we could call the cops. That's what my boss decided to do. Oh shit! <laughs> wow. Uh, Perkins Perkins was a really crazy spot. I had a manager when I switched to the night shift to who I worked with all my friends that we would just party in the back. She never got up out of her booth. She always sat in the booth. She was so big that she never like walked around the restaurant. And so we got to take full advantage. I mean, <laughs> we like I said, we'd party all the way in the back when she couldn't see us. We'd smoke cigarettes. We'd jump in the dumb waiter. Everything. They're like the Godfather, just kind of like. You know. Yeah, she just sat up front and like guarded everything. She made sure like the register was there and I think she helped with the sweets. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a really fun first experience. Uh I got to know a lot. You know what I mean? Like I said, we jumped in the dumb waiter once and we scared the Mexicans downstairs. <laughs> we're like, boo, and we jumped down. And then we're like, All right, Poppy, send us back up. We gotta go back to work. Yeah, and there's two of us. That thing's supposed to hold what, like a hundred pounds at most? And there's two girls in there. <laughs> And I was not light, you know what I mean? I was at least 150 pounds, and who knows how else the other one weighed. But we would jump in it. We had to go rescue um, one of the guys downstairs one time because it had flooded and he didn't know how to swim. Mm -hmm. So we had to go rescue him. He was um, walking around in a garbage bag, kind of trying to survive. And we threw him in the dumbwaiter and we sent him up. <laughs> I remember that one. Uh, crazy times in the restaurant. I've met a couple uh, celebrities. I've served some celebrities. So I've served in Carabas in Staten Island. I served Method Man. Nice. And like every time a celebrity comes through, the whole restaurant wants to go like, oh my God, oh my God, there's like someone famous here. Oh my gosh, we got to go. We got to look. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really take any knowledge of it whatsoever. And I just like kind of served him and his family and I kept it really cool. I didn't say anything. And at the end I was like, look, I'm not, you know, I obviously know who you are. If you'll just sign my, my check here, like I'd be, that'd make my day. And he did, and I have it still somewhere deep. I, I wish I had a little more notice that we were doing this because I would try to dig and find it. Oh, but I think it's in storage in Connecticut anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I have his signature, and he, he drew me a Wu-Tang, and he, you know, he was like, to the best server, Wu-Tang, 10314, you know what I mean? Whatever the number was, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, and I also, in Seattle there, in Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, my favorite spot there. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> uh, I served, I served um, what's his name, DMX. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And that was another one where people are running around going crazy. They're like, oh, my God, you know who that is? Do you see that? Blah, blah, blah. And I played it really cool. And I said goodbye to my friend Heather over the bar. And I said, Heather, you know, I'll see you tomorrow. And he heard my accent. He was like, yo, are you from New York? And I was like, yeah, don't I know you from, like, high school? You know what I mean? I gave him one of those, like, I'm busting your balls kind of thing. And we laughed about it. Uh, and I laughed, you know what I mean? It was really cool. I got to take a picture with him. That's awesome. And yeah, later on, I tried to jump in his limo on my way leaving to go home. Like, I saw him outside taking pictures with people. So I just walked up behind him again, and I said, come on, let's leave. Let's just get out of here. You don't need this. You know, I said something stupid like that, and he was like, oh, yeah. and I walked away. I go home. Because that's, that's like half the way you're saying is, is, is flirting. Yeah, and like, sure. you know, yeah, I, I had that in me already at work, so it was, it was already still going. Nice. Sometimes I can't turn it off. Well, it was DMX, too, so. You already had rapport. Who who already has rapport with DMX? You just get to watch. Right, right. So I had to do it. I mean, it was the only chance I would get. He's not going to remember this six years from now. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, let's jump in that limo. Yeah, totally. Ooh, I mean, he probably still would say yes. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny if he's like, come on, let's go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, give me the answer to number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I also served, um, do you remember Jersey Shore? Yeah. I served uh, Vinny. Oh, yeah? As a matter of fact, not only do I serve Vinny, but my, one of my really good friends growing up, like my, one of my first friends ever, my next-door neighbor, like where I was a baby, uh, she married into that family. So his mother comes to parties for her all the time. Oh. And I have pictures, again, somewhere deep of me, her, and like my, my friend's mother all partying, wearing like silly things. <laughs> and it's Vinny's mom. Yeah, she's I always liked Vinny. I thought he was the most likable. He, he is. He really is. Uh, I went to school with the first girl, Angelina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the one that kicked off. Yeah, I know her friends since first grade. Nice. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, funny. You see people change. Yeah. yeah. I uh, 
I got to, I served um you know Kat Dennings? No, who's that? Do that show Two Broke Girls? Oh yeah. Yeah, she's the dark haired one. Nice. Jada Cantino. That's awesome. Actually, it was funny how I, I uh she was like with like two other people and she wasn't talking at all and she was really shy. And these other two people were all like, oh, like mm -hmm. talking business and stuff. And I yeah. kept looking at her. I was like, I feel like I know that girl. And she she like made eye contact with me and I was like staring at her. And I was like, oh no. And then she looked really embarrassed. And then I walked away and then later on I was like, oh, holy shit, it's that girl. Cause I looked up on my phone. It clicks, it clicks in your head. You're like, I do yeah. know that girl. Everyone but I didn't knows say that anything girl. because like we didn't even have, I, I think she like ordered food for me. The only words that like were even said, I was trying to like talk to the table and they were not having the, they were not Aww. having the conversation with Joey that day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. You know, you get you get tables that are all shop. You know, they just want some nachos. Matt works, Matt works in New York City, so he's he's seen quite a few celebrities. Oh, I mean, Matt, I can't Matt. even. Yeah, he's seen quite a few. What's the uh, uh, Woody Allen? <laughs> Matt, who have you seen? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Mark Stewart. Nice. Charlie from Lost. So yeah. Uh, more restaurant stories. I chased somebody out of the restaurant. Buffalo Wild Wings was like one of the craziest spots I've ever worked. Yeah, in that's Seattle. crazy area in Seattle. Like that's kind of they do, they do drugs right in front of our window like we can't see them. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, somebody came and they were really nice to me. Uh, and one minute he was there and the next minute he was gone. And I was like, what the fuck? So I walked outside the restaurant, which is my nature. You know, nobody mm. does that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I walked out and I saw him running down the block and just slowing down and turning the corner. I fucking booked it. I ran. I was like, <laughs> he was running towards you guys at like Cantina. And I ran after him. I practically dragged him back by his ear. I was like, how dare you, you know, get to know me, know my name, know information, you know what I mean? Ask questions, be all nice, and then fucking run out on the bill. No, come back here right now. And he came all the way back in with his head down. They took his ID and like three days later, he came back and he tipped me. He paid the bill and he tipped me. That's oh awesome. yeah, yeah, because awesome. I don't take that. But they told me, Elena, never do that again. Because I mean, like, yeah. they fucking you. And it's like, all right, I get it. It's corporate, but yeah. I can't. My 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 nature runs into effect. And if I can yeah. see you and I can get you, I'm gonna get you. It's instinct, right? Yeah. We did that. At, I remember doing that at Cantina once. I had I had a guy come in, drink a beer, turn around, and walk out. It was during Fleet Week, so it was. Uh, was it a sailor? Uh, it was like I think it was just a guy that was like it was someone who lived from a smaller town in, in Washington. He was like, fucking Seattle. One of those guys. He didn't want to okay. get in line for anything. Um, right. And then Love it was those. like Fleet Week. And so like, we just had, we had like the parade going through and there's a ton of people in town. So he came in, yeah. drank beer, set it down and walked out. I looked over and I saw him walking out. He was probably in his like, you know, late 40s, early 50s. I was like, hey, I talked to the manager. I was like, get that guy. So he went and got the guy and he brought him back in. Good. What do I owe you? And I was like, seven... 50 or whatever. He's like, seriously, you brought me back in for 750. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. it comes out of my pocket. Like, or not really, but you know, it's like, I'm not going to buy you a beer. Yeah. I'm not, that's not my industry. Stuff, just because you're an asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to call that's you. Right. Yes, for 750. In fact, no, now it's $10. I'm like, I'll make yeah. you come in for more. Is it worth yeah. it now? How about a $20 beer? It's worth it, isn't it? Give me my money. Yeah. I should have because he totally stiffed me. He was just mad um, he charged him for a beer. And I was like, well. Another crazy thing, and I'm sure you remember it, but it was right outside of Buffalo Wild Wings, was mm -hmm. the man who climbed the tree, and he was up there for like three days. I do remember that guy, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that story where he was like living up there? I don't know if you want to die or what, but like, yeah, my whole, everything, life stopped by me for a minute. People were like, what the hell? We didn't get any business, we had to close. It's just a guy living in a tree in Seattle. Yeah, that's normal. Has anything closed on officially by you guys? Where like there are mom and pop shops that are like shutting their doors for good? Um. So, well, we, we're noticing like restaurant wise. Yeah. Um, I did see something yesterday that um I believe the owner of um, Beth's, you know the, uh the breakfast shop that is open twenty four hours, uh, Beth's Diner is what it's called, and there's a bar right next door that he owned both of them, but he passed away. I think related. Um, oh no! Kind of been an icon in the city for the last. I mean, as long as I can remember. Uh, yeah. Man versus food went to Beth's and and lost. <laughs> oh really? That's Places how good it is. One of the few foods that beat the man. What is the food? A twelve egg omelet. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's that. We have that here. Uh, we have a challenge up here. It's called Munches. It's a little Florida diner as well. And yeah. I think it's a dozen eggs, a pound of bacon, uh, a whole loaf of bread, a whole yeah. pound of potatoes. This has like the hash brown stack and the toast and all that too, yeah. Everything. And you got to eat it. And like, I guess you'll win a t-shirt or you get put on the wall or whatever. Or you get a stomach ache. I'm not sure. Whatever it is, you're getting it. You feel like you're going to yeah. die for the next week? Yeah. Oh, but I don't know, man. I can do it just for the eggs and bacon. I just can't do it with the bread and the potatoes. Yeah, that's where they get you, though. That's I mean, the all that much filler of of filler. That's why, like on all those burger challenges, there's always like bread throughout the burger because it fills you up more. That's also why in in hot dog eating contests they drink water when they're eating the bread because it's Mm -hmm. just got to get it down. And so yeah, they just eat eat, like two hot dogs at a time and then they stuff the bread in water. (laughs) Yeah, they're just like shoving it in water. I've been to those contests live. I mean, it's even or out in Coney Island. Yeah, Coney Island. Oh yeah, those like a Fourth of July thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if that's going to happen this year. It'd be sad if it doesn't. Right. I'd be like live casting it, and some people would just be at home doing it. Yeah, just so you can see like all the squares and it's on the computer screen of people eating hot dogs. Let's see. Uh, so, more fun things about work. Do we see anything gross? What's the what's the grossest thing that's ever happened? Uh, oh, hmm. Grossest. I think Seattle takes the cake with grossest things. Yeah? If you guys like to use needles in bathrooms, that's you know that's pretty much the grossest thing I've ever had to see or deal with. What was it? The needles in the bathroom when there's like blood everywhere from people coming in and stuff like that. It got really bad in Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. I would never go down there. You couldn't pay me enough. Yeah, yeah. Our bathrooms at Cantina would get were had potential to be bad because they it was just like the single stall and you could mm-hmm. deadbolt yourself in there and you were just in this room and with the deadbolt. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you just lived in there for a while. You could just hang out in there for hours if you wanted. People did. That's crazy. In New York City, in the clubs, they make blackout bathrooms so that people can't, like, do or be in there. You know what I mean? So it'd be crazy. Imagine we do, like, blackout bathrooms. Like, a sober, you should know how to pee and, and whatever thing. But you've never been to a blackout bathroom? Huh. Yeah, in the clubs, they do that. They're just totally so pitch black? In there and do drugs and stuff. They're just totally pitch black? It's totally pitch black. <laughs> you just gotta, it's like, crazy. wander in and find the toilet somewhere? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know who's peeing on what. And I can only imagine the horrors when you flip the lights on and what's oh, around. Yeah. But Yeah, just yeah, like kick around. Have to or something. At least that's how it was when I was a kid. I don't know. Maybe it's different now. I went to a blackout dinner once. It was like a blind dinner. Did it make everything taste better? It, you know what? You know what? The food wasn't that great of a quality. I think... Uh, it, the concept was really cool, but it's this company that goes around the country to like give this experience. Then they have blind people talk after the dinner, which I didn't oh, know. Oh, so not that kind of. Oh, no. That's... I didn't know. So I got like really high beforehand because I was like, oh, oh no. Blind dinner. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to have this really intense experience. And I did. Like it was awesome, but I was also just like having fun. And so I'm kind of talking. Yeah, so the things you were saying were probably, yeah. There's all these tables around. People are like, shh. I was like, you, sh-, you know, like, we're, we're being fun. But we, we bought a bottle of wine, but you couldn't, you couldn't pour it. And so you just kind of had to like pass the bottle around the table. <laughs> That's kind of nice. I like that one. Sherry. Who knows who you yeah. passed it to though? Has it come back? Yeah, well, we, we knew everybody we were at the table with, fortunately. So we were, Good. yeah, they just kind of like walk you in and sit you with your friends. And so there were like four of us at the table. Can you legit not see a thing? Or is there like yeah, some it was, type of lightning? It, it was pitch black, pitch black. There was no... Like all the windows were labeled or were, were um, and even when you walked into the room, it was just like this auditorium, but they had like kind of like some chairs set up and some dividers. And so you had, they walked you like through this like little maze. Like maze. It was just yeah. like disorienting, you know, cause it's pitch black and you're turning around and walking like 10 steps and you turn around and walk like 15 steps. They want you to be confused so you can't get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And then you go and you sit down and you're like at a chair and you're like, Oh crap. And then, the, and then there's food in front of you, but it's all in like to-go containers. And so you like pop the lid open, stick your hand in some mashed potatoes. And... Oh my God. That place must look a mess again. I want to see that place with the lights turned on after like a shift. They did. They turned the lights on at the very end. So, so you could oh, so you can see how sloppy you are. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's kind of like the movie theaters. I never get nachos because don't get me wrong. I enjoy nachos, but I wear them. And by the end of the movie, I, I look down and I swear, I always get some type of like nacho cheese in my hair or on my shirt. I'm like, I thought I did so good. Like, I know how to eat. 
this never happens, I swear. But it always happens when it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't get anything. I don't know if I was going to come out really, really looking good uh, after that. <laughs> you just got you just got to bring layers, you know, so you can. Oh, uh, yes. That's smart. Ooh. Starting a hoodie and just leaving a, you know, shirt. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the uh, the true northwestern way is to just to layer up and. It's smart. It is that is your ways. Yes, you guys like to do that. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you never know. You leave the house in the morning; it's thirty-five degrees by the end of the afternoon, and it could be sixty-five. <laughs> well, Florida, I'd be weird coming out in a jacket and another shirt because it's like ninety. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. so they're probably looking at me a little strange. But I do work in my hoodie all as, as long as I can because yeah. I know true summer is coming. You know what I mean? I know it's going to be like real hot. And so I try to live You're in my sweats. <laughs> you know what I mean? As long as possible. Trying to push it. Oh, here we go. Here's my, here's one of my favorite questions. So, and I think you have a good answer for it too, probably. In today's exactly. world, I, I usually say we have a stressful industry, but right now it's a stressful fucking planet. Um, yeah. Exceptionally so. Um, I, I like to, I like to hear what people's self-care regimens are. Like, what are you doing to manage that stress in your life or how are you, you know, how are you balancing it all? Oh, uh, I, I, I craft. Mm -hmm. I'm a crafter galore. I make a lot of arts and crafts. I, I've sent out, um, anybody who's kind of like really good and close to me on the internet and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to start crazy. I wrote them back and I was like, can I make you something like you want a little arts and craft thing you can do? I'll mail it to you. Yeah. And I probably have mailed out at least like six or seven crafts. My nieces, I, I just sent them Easter eggs so they can have like an Easter egg hunt. And mm -hmm. it's like a hundred pieces of paper that you just kind of layer and you can make all different Easter eggs. So they can do, so you know, still celebrate and stuff like that. And they keep them busy. So crafting is, I don't know, I, I love it. And painting these mugs. Mm -hmm. This is the newest ones. So the boss gave me something to do. Yeah. Crafting craft. Nice. So my answer, final answer, crafting. Crafting. I like it. Create, getting, being creative. Like digging into that part of your brain. That's oh, fun. yes. That's fun. I think a lot of people are kind of are, are losing that part of the brain. Right now. They're just kind of focused on surviving. That they, they might lose that artistic thing. So I think it's cool that you're, you're leaning on Well, that, that just does. It happens to be my focus because that's kind of what I want to do in life. But now is the time to kind of like check yourself and say, what do you, what, what do you really want to, you can accomplish pretty much like anything right now with the internet nowadays. So just pop online. You want to, it could be something as, you know, you want to be a lawyer go online and start looking up all those videos and kind of like how to do it and how to start it. So I'm just like, now is the time to, to check yourself. Yeah, totally. I, I did that. I took a coding class cause I was like, I got to learn some computer stuff. And so I want to start looking more into that too. Just trying to span out beyond the bar world because who knows what's going to happen with all of this in the long run. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm telling you, three three weeks ago, I didn't have any of this craft space, and we're sitting in my craft space right now. I know you can't see it, but mm -hmm. the wall that that like, my phone is against right now is got all my craft stuff. I've got glaze galore, and like you know, I'm I'm just three weeks in, and I, I feel so good because I have all this stuff around me. So the change Love is it. nice for me. Keeping, yeah. keeping you keeping you busy, giving you something something to do, found some purpose in all of this nonsense. It makes me want to open my own business, to be honest. <laughs> Fucking do it, man. Why not? Yeah. And just like online, make it nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make Start an Etsy shop or something. Those are super easy. Right so seriously, I, I, yeah, I would like to like eventually live in an RV, travel all around the United States, park my RV and craft, and then mail it from wherever I am. There you and go. just continue talking. <laughs> right. I like it. I like yeah. It. Eventually, one day. Um, yeah, we can go on to my, to the next one here. The um, So I like... I like to kind of round out the episode at the end with um, what I call my teachable moments. Do you have, do you have any sage wisdom for, for all those out there? That um, I guess don't, don't voice about what other, how other coworkers work. Cause that was always my problem. It's like how some people can get away with one thing and how come like I'm always getting penalized, but this one does it like sleeps on the counters or eats every shift, you know, like just don't worry about what other people do and just, worry about what you do mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, once I let that go and I didn't really care about like all the drama that comes with a restaurant you know there's a lot and you just like check that at the door mm -hmm. that was that's that's a good piece of advice I think. you know what I mean because you know how every spot has their drama and you mm -hmm. totally get swirled and wrapped in it it's kind of like go there and do you and kind of just don't worry don't worry about what other people do you do your best and trust me it'll always come back because like all my tables love me 
my, my servers might not necessarily love me half the time, but mm-hmm. that's because shit should be the way it is. Like I can't take a lazy server and there's always someone who's like the lazy server and mm-hmm. you can't worry about that. So I'm trying my best. That's, that's my piece of advice. I just got back into the waitressing world after kind of being out of it for a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, I was doing the art and everything, but that's always going to be my problem. So I feel like that's a good piece of advice. It's just like, don't worry about what they do. You go in, you do you, you and it'll reflect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I said my second thing was um, don't hand money back to the to the customer. Don't <laughs> say like, oh, you over tips me. Because some one time a guy gave me $200 and I was like, oh, no, that's like too much. And he legit took $100 back. So <laughs> I say just if they're offering money, don't get all shy about it. Just be like, thank you and put it in your pocket. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. I get that too. I remember early on when I was um, one of my first jobs, I was a grocery store bagger. Mm-hmm. And I would take the groceries out to people's cars. And I worked for a, a corporate company that didn't allow us to take gratuities. You're not allowed. Right? Told us not to. So I would, I would always take it out. And this was my first, this was how I started. This rule was I would tell people no once I tell them the rules. And so they'd try to give me money and be like, oh, I'm not allowed to take money. They'd be like, I insist. I'd be like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the second one, like you've already said it once, you know it, you know the rules. Yeah, I'm not going to try to. I drop this and hopefully you get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then in the bar, yeah, when if somebody tips you, like, you should be gracious about it, you know, to, to, to try to give it back is almost rude too because they're offering you like a kindness, right? A lot of times when they give yeah. Like, well, hey. um, I was kind of new in the industry when it happened and it was really because they had taken up my section for three or four hours. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why he was tipping me so much. But I really felt like it was overtipped at that, at that point in my life because I didn't think about things like that. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of think about it. I'm like, you know what? They were sitting there for like four hours. And like, that's my whole section. I see why they did it. Yeah. They're covering you for your night. <laughs> but then, you know, karma comes around because I had sat outside smoking a cigarette one day and found a hundred dollar bill on the floor, <laughs> you know, just on my break. I used to work overnight shifts and in a diner. I've done all different work. You know, I've done fine dining all the way to shitty diners. Um, and breakfast is my favorite. I know it's kind of burn it and turn it, make that money, get it real quick. I like breakfast um, too. I like those early shifts because it's fun to get out in the afternoon too after you've already made a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, that nice. I start someone's day, which is kind of like my thing. I'm always really nice. I'm really sweet. And I like to, you know me, I'm a jokester. Like it's, it's entertainment hour. When you sit with Elena, it's entertainment hour. You know, and people ask me sometimes afterwards, are you uh, they ask me if I'm the manager, you know what I mean? Because I just have all this, I float with this confidence and I rock at my job. You know yeah. what I mean? I get your food. I don't dilly dally. Yeah. When you're good at what you do and you like what you do, it's it's so easy. It's, it really it's, is. Yeah it's, yeah. it's a good thing. I like that. Nice. Especially working in this Italian restaurant because I'm Italian and seriously, they think like, do you own this place? Because I kind of run it. Like I, like I work, like I own, like I run the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they know how hard and they can see how hard I'm working. And they're like, ah. yeah, my money reflects. I love it. Yeah. Hey, people used to ask me that about Cantina. They'd be like, do you own this place? They'd be like, no, I just, I just work here, man. I, but you I'm have, like, you have, it's like, you have I'm really good. <laughs> yeah. It's about an air about you and confidence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know if I could sit as a bartender and have to deal with, um, people's problems i feel like that's what a lot of bartending is it's, you know I, when i picture a bar i'm sorry but i picture like a whole bunch of sad people sitting around it and like coming to tell you their woes don't think of it so much as that it it, it can be that but it's more of a whole bunch of people sitting around talking it can be woes but it can it also is sports it's it's really a lot of the times it's wherever the bartender directs it uh, okay, good. Because I've, I've seen a lot of woe ones, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, you get sad people there that come and, you know, that, that's the alcohol is a depressant, right? So you come and you drink and then you're uh, worse and you're sadder. But there's also, you know, the, I think the majority of people that, that it's just, you know, the bar is like the church. It's just another place to go hang out with your friends and other, you know, and, and if you don't have a lot of friends, there's a lot, you know, that's another thing like with the bar flies, you know, like the regulars that come into your bar every day. Those yeah. are like, or, you know, multiple times a week, at least those are the guys that they're not as social. They don't have as big of a bubble, but they have their bars where they, you know, they, they, know, so they know the staff and they trust the staff and the staff knows them. And they just kind of become like part of, you know, part of the environment. Um, and they find those spots. I'm sure whatever you put out there, you're right. is kind of like what comes in. Cause if you're all cheery and happy, 
Those not going to have are like your security staff, you know, like your, your, your regulars. If you ever have a problem that you can't put hands on, they'll, they'll like, they'll be right behind you. If someone tries to cause problems. And, nice. Yeah. That's, what do you enjoy more bartending or uh, serving? Bartending for sure. I think, um, I would, it, it's funny cause like at, at Cantina, I would, I would bartend and I had a serving shift every week. Um, yeah. and I would always, I would always make like a, a smaller percentage in my tips when I was serving. Uh, I always made better money in the bar. It's just more confident. I don't understand that. I quite, I don't understand why, but it, it is what it is. It, the alcohol just sells. Alcohol has a higher, you know, it's, money it's, kind of value. It's alcohol. It's my personality is a little more like if, if, at a table, you know, you walk up and you talk to them for a couple minutes and then you leave. But at the bar, yeah. they're, like, they're, they're, you know, at the table, you have, what do they say, maybe five minutes of touch time throughout the entire meal. Throughout the whole thing, yeah. At the bar, you're in their face the entire time. And so, I can, minutes, yeah. Yeah. So if I say something that's like silly or like sarcastic to a table, they don't know, you know, they, they don't get like the rest of the joke later on where someone at the bar, I can just have a conversation with them all night and then, you know, we, we become friends right. almost at the bar where at the table they're there and focused on each other more. I get it. I think I'm, I think <laughs> at the tables I'm selling food at the bar. I'm selling friendship. <laughs> yeah. You're selling like conversation, which mm -hmm. is, I think why I kind of, like I said, I kind of make good tips as a server is because I am entertaining you. I'm with you for like the hour. Like I can, I can read a table. I'm, I've been doing this so long. I can read when you're looking for the bathroom before you even get up. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, really yeah. good at it. I can sell whatever dish I want. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here you go. Um, you know, I know all my food. Luckily, I said I work in an Italian restaurant. When you know what you have in-house, I think that really helps. Um, also, wine presentation. Wine mm -hmm. presentation makes me money every time, and I hated doing it. I hated learning wine presentation. Carabas is the one who taught me that. Carabas is a great restaurant because they made me iron my shirts, made me look all nice and crisp. Everything has to be clean mm -hmm. and bottle service. I had only three table sections, but I would leave there with over a hundred dollars every shift, mm -hmm. you know, and that's only three tables. Yeah. That's pretty slick, man. I'll tell you what. So I took that experience along with me. And now that I work in a restaurant where it kind of feels like, Hey, bottle service would be really nice here, you know, presenting it, tasting mm -hmm. it, swirling it, For doing sure. the whole thing. And it makes me honestly like an extra $10 almost every time. Yeah, yeah, people, I don't like, know to, people one. like to be wowed, you know, with that, with the show of it all too, right? And well, like, I was just going to say, do you have like a little show and pizzazz that you do when you're at the bar, right? Yeah, yeah, but every, every time you make a drink, you're putting on a show for somebody, you know, right. there's, there's the drinks that, you know, are multiple steps that look really cool, and then there's the other ones that you are two steps, but you can make them look cool because you made it a thousand times and you're bored. You know, so I think I'd probably pick that stuff. I think I would love to do that one where you like pour the rainbow shot all down the yeah. eight cups, nine yeah, cups. Yeah, that one is just really just layering the right, um, the Without right shaking liquid the, in, the, in the shaker tin and then pouring it out. Yeah, yeah, but still, like I would like to just kind of. It's about the presentation too, because like I guess anybody can kind of do that. But yeah, if you're like, there's, there's uh -huh. like an artistic flair to bartending that that you know is 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 you know it's a lot of fun. It's, it's Have you ever worked in a tiki in a tiki bar? No, no, I, I did a lot of fine dining um, and I did some dive bars and karaoke bars and then the cantina was my tequila bar. I did a couple whiskey bars, but I never got, I worked in a I whiskey bar. realm yet. <laughs> I worked in a whiskey bar too in, in New York city called downtown Galway hooker. Nice. And it was down in um, the village and I used to make bank as a server. I used to make $400 a shift. Yeah. And, Bartenders were making a thousand. Yeah, those whiskey bars are are nuts. I mean, you can you can I mean, the, the the we were three the floors of bar. Just start yeah. skyrocketing, you know. As soon as you get into oh. three, four rounds of of you know thirty to fifty dollars single malts or bourbons, you know, it's it's a yeah. That, that's that's a that's, that's another shitty story I have too. Is that when I lost that job, I had worked a twelve hour shift. It was becoming like two in the morning, and I turned to the boss lady, and I was like. She was about to cut other people who had been there since like maybe 6 p.m. You know, and I was like, I've been there since God knows when. And she kind of flipped on me and she fired me. And everybody who was my friend one second in a snap was not my friend anymore. The bouncers were taking me out. It was like, guys, are you serious? Like, like take it easy. Like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to come. I'm going to make a riot. I'm not like that. Yeah. Um, and all the servers took my tips for the night and kept them. That's dirty. And when I called up like two days later, I was like, guys, you know, like, where's my tips? Where's my cutout? I did work today. And they were like, oh, no, you got fired. Like you get paid for it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some shit. I made most of the money. Yeah. 
That's the fun part about our industry too, right? There's like it's like working on pirate ships half the time. <laughs> That's like the behind the scenes that people don't get to see is that yeah. there is a lot of crooked kind of things that happen in a restaurant mm -hmm. that we just gotta eat. Yeah. <sighs> and it sucks like so when people run out. Them. So you know, honestly, looking back at it, though, you're probably better off not working with people like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's how I check it every time. Is it cost me, you know, two hundred fifty dollars to not see you guys anymore? And it was a hefty yeah. price, but now I don't have to see anymore. Yeah. I liked working in the stewed cow where we had a mechanical bull. <laughs> so they would uh, bring people every night, and all the drunk crowd in Hoboken and Jersey City, they would all come down and you know, kind of want to ride the bull. Yeah. Uh, my okay. boss was a dick though, and he would throw fat chicks off. Like, you know what I mean? He knew how to work the bowl. So he would like yeah. make it so the fat chicks were like pretty much off it really quick. The ugly ones and stuff. And then like the really pretty ones, all the hot ones, they would like put on it and be like, woo! And they would go around for like a whole two minutes. And like, crazy. Yeah, just yeah. But it was a fun job and it was a fun experience because the whole town loved to come down and, and do it while it was cool. Yeah. Those bowls are pretty fun. We were talking about getting one at Cantina for a minute, I think. And then they got that, that wrestling ring that we didn't use. And then we just- Oh yeah. <laughs> It was nothing. It was like pinatas. Wasn't it a whole bunch of pinatas everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. It was pinatas when we left too, or when we closed down. We had, we had was a, that a wrestling ring at some point? <laughs> we had a wrestling ring. I think the idea was to get like a wrestling ring so people could smash pinatas like while we were oh, open. Yeah. They could just like stand in the ring, in the middle of the ring and just smash the pinata. Yeah. The problem was the ring that they got was so big it took up like the entire room. Like we ended up- Oh, so everyone was in the ring. Nice. It took up the space of like four or five tables. And so we were like, well, we can make more money off of those tables than we would off of the ring. Having this ring thing, yeah. Plus it, oh, was, well. so, it was so big. And, it, and I really think that it would have been, because what they were going to do is they were going to let drunk people climb into a wrestling ring that was like four feet off the ground. So you had to like climb in, like a full-size wrestling ring. A real huge ring. one, jeez. And then, then they were going to give them a stick. And they were going to let them smash this thing. Spin around three times and then <laughs> let them smash them. Smash this thing with a stick. And they were drunk. And so I think, I think cooler, head, cooler heads prevailed on uh, on what I wonder happened. what night that, that idea came up. Like, how much did he smoke from the shop there? What did he pick up? Yeah, I, want some I, don't of that. I don't know. It was a fun that idea. Some creative the, thinking. the liabilities on it were just far too uh, extreme. So well, yeah. you, gave it, you gave it your role. He gave it a shot. <laughs> and we still, you know, we still ended up doing um, pinatas we, we put up a pulley and we would just move if uh, someone had a buyout or a clear, clear the area yeah yeah we just pull it up and then we'd hold the string and one time i i came that close i heard the stick go like, oh my god because oh. i like the the guy had the mask on and he, had I hit he doesn't know where he's swinging yeah, I was trying to fix something and yeah he was swinging crazy so i almost got hit in my head no, no thank you yeah. Uh, yeah one of my horrors was when i worked in perkins i used to hate to blow up the balloons because that was the job of the hostess was to make all the balloons because kids got a balloon like every time they left make a big yeah. color whatever so you would have to sit there and blow it up real big but they would pop sometimes mm -hmm. uh and i just got a fear of them all of a sudden from hearing so many or them popping in my face that yeah. i still to this day do not like to fill up balloons with like helium with helium? I don't want them to would you ever suck the helium and be like have a nice day um, okay, so another funny story. Yes, I absolutely would. Uh, in seventh grade, my friend had a tank at her house because her parents were filling up balloons, I guess, for her birthday party. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found the tank, found the source. <laughs> and I was taking it, and I was taking it. And the next thing you know, I was fucking half sideways, blacked out. You know, I mean, I came to before I hit the floor, but my friend was like, Elena, oh my God, like, are you okay? And I was like, maybe we don't do that anymore. Yeah, maybe this is not a good idea. <laughs> I didn't know that you could pass out from it, from like taking too much. So I must have been yeah. on that thing for a minute. Oh, yeah, that's what they knock you out with at the dentist office. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I was in seventh grade. I'm just like a kid still, you know? I didn't know. But then you wake up in a great mood anyway, so it's all good. Oh, yeah, no, then I was talking all funny, you know? <laughs> <It's good. laughs> nice. Um, my last uh, little segment here is the secrets of the industry. So it's my recommendation area. So if you, if you have, like, any recommendations for people out there, I mean, we've already recommended a bunch of stuff throughout the show, but there's anything specific you want to um you wanted to call attention to that would be uh, now mm. that. i don't think so i think it's just all an adventure that you got to go find out on your own i definitely <laughs> say like uh, be confident it's all it's about your confidence you know yeah. what i mean that people, people think they can just step up and, and waitress because it's about writing down an order and, and getting it but 
Mm. It's a bad, it's totally a balance of everything, but it, you do have to have that confidence. Like when something's going wrong, you don't come out there with a panic on your face. You're still smiling. Like it's just going to be a minute guys. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta be half an actress mm -hmm. and you know, just go with the flow of that. Don't be fake. You know, I don't want you to start lying and saying my favorite color is green as well. No. But confidence is, is, is you believe in yourself and that's the opposite of fake. It's very real. Well, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, yeah. I don't want you to confuse it as like just trying to kiss up to a, a, sure. a customer. They can see right through that. Yeah. Nobody wants a, a kiss ass, mm -hmm. but it's when you're just being who you are naturally, it'll all kind of flow. I like that. Nice. Thanks, Selena. Yeah, you got it. Uh, we got, I have a horrifying story from the, from the reach out. You know how obviously we get all different kind of clientele. We get um, homeless people. This is Dolly. Mm -hmm. Hey, hi, Dolly. Um, yeah, so we get like all different clientele, and money is money, and our boss wants us to take whatever, no matter what. Mm -hmm. But this man handed us like the shittiest dollar bill I have ever seen in my entire life, and I mean like literally shitty. Like I don't know what the fuck it was covered in, but it stunk and it was shitty. And I made that girl take it and throw out it and every dollar around it and throw it in the fucking garbage. I was like, I don't even care if that's my tip. You can take it from yeah. me. Get that out of, out of, just out of the store. It stunk. <laughs> that was a horrifying experience. The shitty dollar. <laughs> and you have to, you have to like kind of serve them. But after that, after that happened, we were like, we have the right to not take like certain money. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, they have signs right now that say no boober sock money. <laughs> uh, yeah see we don't especially want that with, especially with the corona going on you know you don't want sweaty money that's gross well that happened that they have signs like that all over here in florida because that's how people travel and just like they're they're yeah, baiting where else am i supposed to hide it <laughs> but yeah um, this is the this is future baby we have you know pouches for that you, fanny pack, you, can man. Pouch, you can put a pouch in your pouch and at least it's not coming out your pouch i wear a fanny pack i like a fanny pack that's a good mm -hmm. classic it reminds me of uh the 80s yeah, well, especially at the beach. I've got a, I've got several of them, but my, I have a real I have a real low key one that's just it's a little black one. It, it looks you know blends in my shorts, but it holds everything. Nothing falls out of my pockets then. No, I understand. I'm a girl of many bags. Yeah. I get it. They're handy, handy, handy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, but then it was fun. Nice. Um, I got eventually. I got kind of fired from that job because he wanted me. It's kind of like a restaurant. They want you to sell the top selling item all the time. And not worry, like, you know, I don't like restaurants like that where they tell you, I want you to sell the lobster. It's all about, like, the lobster. you got to sell the lobster. It's like, no, you got to give a good experience and explain every dish so that the customer can decide what he wants to eat. You know yeah. what I mean? I'll have a favorite, but mine, I don't even eat lobster, so I'm not going to say it's my favorite. And yeah, that's it's my stuff. It's, like, it's, it's hard to build a regular clientele when you're always trying to sell them the most expensive shit. You know, yeah, people see through that and they're like, if, if they, you know, they, you give them trusted opinions, you know, that's, that's, that's what you said before about knowing the menu too and knowing the yeah. food and, and then reading your customers and knowing what they're looking for. And yeah, it's an absolute I'm not, room. I'm not a fan of the upsell every time, you know, I, half the time I'm downselling, you know, somebody sits down at happy hour and they have a dinner menu in front of them. I'm like, Hey, did you see the happy hour menu? You know, <laughs> or they order like they order a taco plate and I'm like, you know, right now it's happy hour. You can get the. You can get these three tacos for a third of that price if you if you don't mind it being a little different. You know, I don't you know, mind telling people that. Like, I feel like that's honestly what builds more loyalty than than trying to. Why are they there? You know back. what I mean? Yeah. We're gonna make more money off of somebody off of, off of return visits than you are off of that one trip, anyways. Right? So. Absolutely, it's an investment. Um, oh, another thing I believe is um, you have to always have a good host in a restaurant. Whoever like is the greeter, the high end goodbye, and sometimes it is the bartender. Like in a lot of spots, I feel like maybe it was in Cantina. It maybe fell on you guys over there. I don't know who quite greeted everyone, but the high and the buy of a restaurant is really important, and that makes people come back or not. Yeah, totally. So you say, keep aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I hate in a restaurant? I hate when servers don't uh, step away for customers. Like that's I was taught to do that. Like whenever customers approaching or walking or about to cross you, like you stop for a minute and let them go oh, and yeah. do their action. Always, the polite always give away. I have servers who just run and, you know, just right in front of them. Doesn't even care. There's more important. They got to get the food out. Please. Yeah. Don't go in, a, in a hotel for a month or two. No, yeah. You have to come dining. from a high little scale to kind of learn that stuff. That's why I said the wine bottle service. Like I say work through everything and then figure out where you want to work. The yeah. reason why I don't like to do fine dining is because I don't like to wear a penguin suit. Yeah. You know sure. I mean, I don't like to dress up. I, I, I really, 
I really don't enjoy working in fine dining, but I love the fact that I did because I think it makes me better at being a little, it makes me better at being the level of bartender that I am. And appreciative too. You know what I mean? You appreciate I mean, that you don't have to even serve a salad with two spoons. Like you have to exactly. know how to handle that stuff. You have to hold all the dishes three in one hand. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all this little kind of etiquette stuff that you can appreciate and take away in the next spot. Yeah. And I like to be able to swear in front of my customers, you know, so like, oh, I mean, I want to say, I want to say fucking shit and stuff. And, and if, if they don't think that's funny, or, you know, then, then I'm in the wrong bar. <laughs> well, I was going to say, luckily you have no kids around. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the beauty of it. They say intelligent people curse in every sentence. I've so. heard that. I've fucking heard that a fucking lot. <laughs> I've fucking heard that. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, um, let's do one more. So let's, this is our last call. So I'm going to turn this guy on one more time. Oh, yeah, wait. I have to read back a little bit. Yeah, we got to load up. Last call for... Do you have like a bell that you ring? Anything like that? No. Doesn't it happen at the job? We have a sound effect machine at the at the studio, but uh. Cool. (laughs) Bird up. Bird up. Oh, delicious! I think weed is to me, but alcohol is to a lot of people. Because I told you I don't drink, but everybody needs a little like of that relax whatever you go home to do thing and mine equal to people's alcohol is marijuana all the way no i i uh since especially since um legalization here and and i've really been able to i mean once you can go into a store and just nerd out about it that really i mean i yeah i I smoked weed off and on growing up like growing up you know through my 20s um, and yeah. then, and then it got legal and they legalized it when, you know, when I, in my thirties and I was like, oh, let's, let's see what this is all about. Um, I had to know. I, I could not wait to come out here uh, to you guys. Sorry. My, my apologies to here. Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Well, out here is away from home, anywhere away yeah. from home. I'm away yeah. from home from New York, you know, but I mean, it's coming here. That's true. Um, I'm right. feeling nice and strong. Good. I'll huh? take one more hit. I'm going to take one more hit. Do it. Okay. Well, this is our last call, and then we'll jump into um, anything that you want to promote, so you can talk about how people how people can find those tiki. Oh yeah, my my Ikumbukum tiki mugs. So, or, or you promote personally if you want to bring any attention to any social media presence or small business ideas or anything. No. I have I know I have no presence. I'm not doing anything just yet. Uh, call me to craft anything. I can literally craft anything. Just like I'll figure it out. So boom, promotion for me. But, um, like I said, I work for uh, a company. His name is John Mulder, Ecom Bookum TV Mugs. And, yeah, I have a blast there. I get to create and help somebody make amazing art and mugs. And it's always something new. It's always a learning experience. I've, in just a year and a half alone, I've, I, I know a lot already. And, yeah, it's, I feel like in my element, you know, I might not be doing my art, but just doing art in general is, like, part of it. Because I'm having a problem kind of connecting with my own thing right now, but being here has already helped me, you know, in the year and a half get closer to my goals. So that's why I say, yeah, I show a mug again. I don't know if you want to see him again, but that's my favorite one. <laughs> the baby eater. Yeah, the baby. Eater. There's a there's a bar you should go to in Oregon called um, Pele Pele. Mm-hmm. And that is Pele Pele. Yep, it's in Oregon, okay. uh, Portland. Nice. And I have, a tiki, I have a tiki mug from them. We did a swap out. Like, uh, I came and just brought them a gift. And that's kind of what you do in the tiki world is you bring a gift. And mm-hmm. They ended up, like, I was buying a mug anyway, but they just gave it to me for free. So I was like, mm-hmm. thank you so much. You know, we kind of liked it a trade. But uh, the whole bar is that theme of my favorite mug. It's the baby eater okay. or the cannibal, they call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know more about it or have some fun in the tiki bar, go check that place out. That's awesome. Uh, two promotions. I like, I like the tiki. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and I guess I'll promote one more too. Uh, this is this is the pipe that I was smoking out of. Uh-huh, right, that's a friend in the tiki world as well. Um, coworkers of mine. They're called a joint endeavor. So yeah, a joint uh, endeavor. A that's joint cool. endeavor, right? And he makes a whole bunch of pipes and pieces and stuff like that. So you should check that out too. Cool. A joint endeavor. Are they? Oh, okay, no. I don't know. I think you might find them on Etsy. I think I saw a joint endeavor on. They're on Instagram under a joint. Oh, it is? And it looks like Tiki Pipes? There's your pipe. There's Willie Nelson. Nice. That's oh, cool. yeah? Go follow them. Did cool. you find Ethan Bootham? Ethan 
no, Ecom. So, I, okay, I found out the name is apparently from um, Banjo Kazooie, I want to say, had a, a tiki guy in it. Was uh -huh. it Banjo Kazooie? Banjo Kazooie. He used to like guard. Do you remember the game, playing the game Banjo Kazooie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, he, was, um, he was like a dingo, right? Or, but some kind of tiki thing. And what he said was Ikabukum. So that's how we got the name for, for the spot. How do you spell it? E E K U M. And then book, like a book, U M. Ikabukum. Just ikabukum.com. That's you. Is that, yeah, they have their own like site, I guess, too. Yeah, there they all are. Cool. Nice. That's fun. There's all your mugs. I can see them all. Oh, yeah, there's tons, tons and tons. <laughs> That's fun. So, uh, well, that wraps up one more life from the well. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thank you to Elena for coming on the show and talking. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly, for moderating and being the den mother and doing all your hard-ass work. And Brian and Peter, we hear you out there. We love you guys. Thank you for all your hard work. Um, and thanks to all the listeners out there, you guys that are listening right now. You're the ones um, we're doing this for, and we really appreciate you. And stay safe in all this COVID nonsense. And remember, that's right. Um, that's well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Normally, we we do a shout out for people to to drive uh, to call an Uber and not drink and drive. But right now, we're just telling people to just stay indoors and wash their hands. And so, don't forget to social distance. Um, nice. we'll do a shout out to our sponsors, uh, Barfly Mixology and uh, Scratch Distillery. We love you guys. Um, you should tell people to uh, practice safe six. And practice safe sex. Safe six, as in six feet. Oh, safe six. That's probably yeah. even better than six. <laughs> I think it works, though. Practice safe six. All right. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. Life from the Well would also like to thank our sponsors, Scratch Distillery and Barfly Mixology Gear. Don't forget, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.